and uh, he'll bless it and use it for his glory. Take your Bibles tonight, turn them, turn them, turn them open to the, the Second Thessalonians, chapter number two. Second Thessalonians, chapter number two. Thank you, Brother Jacob, Miss Holly, and uh, Miss Ansley, uh, for playing. Where's Miss Courtney? At? Thank you for singing tonight. Uh, you blessed me as your uncle, but you also blessed me as one of your pastors. Amen. And uh, she's got, I'm, I'm her pastor on the weekends, and then Brother Josh Williams seems like he's her pastor during the week at school. And uh, Kurt, you blessed my heart tonight. You did, amen. And uh, Kurt's my brother-in-law, but he blessed my pastor heart tonight. And uh, I don't know how that, you can explain all that, but it just makes sense to me. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter number two, and uh, we'll start in verse number one. And uh, you might be able to guess as we get reading through this chapter what the subject of the message is tonight. It may be teaching, it may be preaching. Uh, it's probably not going to be singing, amen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know any good songs about this subject. <laughs> oh, at least not this person. I know, know some songs about him losing. Uh, but look at verse number one. This is Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. And, uh, well, Paul, I mean, I understand Paul was under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but he had an interesting connection with his church at Thessalonica. Some of the greatest eternal truths that we have, we find in First and Second Thessalonians. Uh, I've been able to stand at, I don't know how many funerals and how many gravesides and tell them, that we don't hope as people without, or we don't have, we're not, we're not, we don't sorrow as people without any hope. We know that in the moment of the twinkle of an eye, the trumpet's gonna sound, and those that are dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are called and remain shall be called together with them in the air. And Paul told that to here at the church at Thessalonica, but then you get into chapter, uh, second epistle that he writes, the second letter that he writes to him, verse chapter number two. He says, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we've been talking about on Sunday nights, is the coming of the Lord. And by our, our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Paul said, listen, Jesus is coming back. And as a believer, that ought not to trouble you. That ought not to bring anxiety to you. That ought not to bring worry into your life because you know that he's coming back for you. Don't let your mind soon shake, or don't let it, uh, that you be not soon shaken in mind. And that's as Paul is saying, make up your mind and stick with it. Stay with it. Verse number three, let no man deceive you by any means. For that that day shall not come, except they're coming a falling away first, and that the man, or that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. <laughs> Paul understood that sometimes you got to repeat yourself. And now you know that withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he that thou letteth will let until he be taken out 
of the way, speaking of the Holy Spirit, verse number eight, and then we, and when the, excuse me, then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of His mouth. <laughs> Paul said, "Yes, the, this fellow's a coming, but I want to let you know he's already lost. He's not going to win." shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. We're talking about a man who will epitomize darkness and evil and all those things. And Jesus said, but don't worry. My light shines a whole lot brighter than he does. Verse number nine, even him who's coming after is the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto you are called by your, our gospel to obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our Father which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. I plan to read all the way to verse 14 and it just got real good so I just kept reading, amen. Uh, but let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for this evening. We do ask you, Lord, you take these simple biblical truths tonight. Uh, Lord, help us to be aware of them, conscious of them, and Lord, but they are not meant to be preached not to scare, Lord, and to, to cause fear into our hearts, Lord, because, Lord, we understand, Lord, that we are on the winning side, Lord. We are guaranteed victory, not because we're waiting for it to happen, but because it already has. Lord, you have already won the battle. The, the, the fight has already been uh, done, Lord. You have come out conquering. You've come out victorious. Lord, you're not, we're not on the losing side tonight. And I pray, Lord, tonight, would you let that truth just sink deep down into our hearts? Let it give us boldness and courage and strength. Lord, let it increase our faith. Lord, let it move us to be about the Father's business, knowing that we're on the winning side. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Now, help us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now you may not know exactly who we're going to study tonight or look at, but we're going to, tonight we're going to we're going to answer the question: Who is the Antichrist? Who is the Antichrist? Now that question, in and of itself, causes great controversy, causes great speculation, causes great interest when somebody steps up and says, "Hey, I know who the Antichrist is." You'll say, you do? Who is it? Who could he be? And here's the, everybody has their opinion. Everybody has their speculation. I just, I was preparing this and, and, and I was searching something and I came across something on Google and it said, this man has wrote an entire book on deciphering the 666 code. And he said, through deciphering the 666 code, he knows that the Antichrist is going to be a cloned human being. I said, that's rather interesting. 
But uh, we don't know that. <laughs> How do you know, preacher? Because the Bible said he is yet to be revealed. We do know that he's coming. Well, preacher, when is he going to be revealed? The Bible clearly tells us that it's once the church has been raptured out of here, the Holy Spirit has been pulled away, there will be a man empowered by Satan who will step onto the scene. And at first he'll come with cries of peace. He will bring, bring a, a, a supposed peace to this world. But knowing good and well, that's not his intention. And eventually he's going to wrap up and lead the, the, the powers of this world into the battle of Armageddon. This man is called the Antichrist. Everybody has their opinion. Some say it was Notre Dame. Some say it was Donald Trump. And Hillary Clinton cleared it up for us when she said that she was not the Antichrist. But I, I always, it, some of it no doubt is interesting and there's some Bible that you can take and maybe apply. But to stand, it's, it's as if, you know, you cannot stand up and say, I know the day and the time and the hour of the rapture. Nor can you stand up and say, with all certainty, without some speculation, I know who the Antichrist is. And if you get behind somebody or you begin to listen to somebody who says they know either two of those, they're not, they don't know what they're talking about. The Bible said he is yet to be revealed. Now, does that mean that he cannot be on the scene? Well, of course not. He could already be here. Could he already be politically active? He may be. Because we don't know, we're, 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 on, we're in the waiting stage. He could already be present on earth, but his identity as the Antichrist has not been revealed. That is going to come uh, after these things take place. But now tonight, and that's why, and this doesn't really necessarily have to do uh, with the Antichrist, but when it comes to, to studying after people and allowing people into your life to, to give you biblical truth or biblical uh, uh, teaching in that sense, you better check them out before you just let them teach you things. Preacher, what should I look for? Look for their doctrine. Look for their doctrine. And if you, can't, if you go to their website and you can't find their doctrine, you need to stay away from them. And then also look to see who they're affiliated with. Are they affiliated with a local church? Are they affiliated with a church? And you say, well, preacher, they're not affiliated with a church. They're, they're bigger than the church. Can I say tonight that God works through the local church? And so there's no affiliation with the church. The, the reason behind that probably is they don't like accountability. <laughs> they don't like a preacher to tell them some things. They don't like people to hold them accountable. And somebody who doesn't want accountability is, is being deceptive somehow. Accountability is a beautiful thing in the Christian life. And so when you check these people out, that's why you can't go to YouTube and type in who is the Antichrist because 95% of it is hogwash. <laughs> it's some guy with a microphone and a camera and knows how to upload to YouTube. I found out that when you go back and you, uh, they're, 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 I don't want to say that these men in the old times were perfect, but a lot of your old timers who, have, who stayed the course, who stayed faithful, and, and, and they preached the word of God, and they, 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 they were not ashamed of their doctrine. They were not ashamed to be identified as a Bible believer or a Baptist. Can I say tonight, 
And, and I'm going to get to the Antichrist. I've got to get some things off my chest. Amen. <laughs> and you just happen to have to listen to me. Uh, we're not taking Baptists off the sign. Amen. It makes no sense to me to take it off the sign, but then to say, well, I'm still a Baptist. Right? If I'm a Baptist, I'm going to let you know I'm a Baptist. We're going to have it on the sign. We're going to have fifth Sunday dinners. <laughs> and in the middle of all that, we're going to believe the Bible. But we see here now, well, who is the Antichrist? We know he hasn't been revealed yet, but we can sense the spirit of the Antichrist in the day that we live. Matter of fact, take your Bible, turn to 1 John. Keep your place there in Thessalonians. We'll be back eventually. But 1 John, chapter number 2, not the Gospel of John, but the first epistle of John, chapter number 2, go down to verse number 18. I love how John talks in his epistles. Little children, <laughs> look at verse 18. Little children, it is the last time as you have heard that Antichrist shall come. It's interesting to me because all those years that I preached in children's church, I never once thought, hey, let me preach a message on the Antichrist. <laughs> all right, little children, sit down. I'm going to teach you about the Antichrist. But notice, even now are there many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, notice there's this, there's this statement here in verse number 19 to help us to realize the Bible said they went out from us, but they were not of us. In essence, tonight, the Antichrist will not be in this. The spirit of Antichrist is not somebody who was saved by the grace of God and then turns their back on God. It was somebody from the beginning who never knew the Lord. They would no doubt have continued with it. They had been with it, but they went out. I remember being in Bible college and Brother Robbie Burton teaching us, he said sometimes people will leave just so you know who they're with. And that be revealed to them. That they might be made manifest that they were not of uh, all of, of us. But ye have unction from the Holy One and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye also have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. So John was writing to his little children, and he gives this, I mean, plain as day uh, expression here that, hey, the Antichrist is coming, but we have many little Antichrists. In essence, it's not that they're little miniatures running around, but they are, they are the spirit, they are of that design, they are of that way of the Antichrist. And I, I told my wife as I was getting ready, I said, it just kind of, it kind of hit me that these, these men that we can look back at history who were just God-denying men, who, who were in, almost inhumane, lacked decency, men like Hitler who at his command, murdered 14-some million Jews, I believe, if not more than that. Men like Stalin, men like Saddam Hussein, men like Osama bin Laden, who, who life to them was, was merely nothing. That we look back and say, those were dangerous men. The Bible said they're little antichrist. 
that, that helps us understand that the, this Antichrist who is coming, these men in our history who are infamous will be small compared to him. His heart and his desire of what he's going to do. And so we can definitely see his spirit in the day. We, we live in America. In America, our society denies God, denies Jesus, denies the Bible. These, these are, we're living in a generation that has the spirit of Antichrist. Was it back in the 70s there was the spirit of Aquarius? Nowadays it's the spirit of Antichrist. And it has moved into our society. We can see that spirit all around. It's mind-blowing the amount of people who are following right after it, who are on the side of it. They believe a lie, and some already are. The Bible tells us that they will believe a lie, a great delusion, a great uh, uh, a lie will be told. They'll believe it. And so tonight, we, he, could he already be here? He may be, and he may not. Could he already be active? He, he could be. Could he, could, we could spend all night talking about could be's. Speculation, and it would be interesting, but it'd be just speculation. Remember meeting a man. <laughs> I've learned that, that when it comes to, that sometimes when people said, the Lord told me, you need to take that with a grain of salt. I've heard people said, the Lord told me, you were going to have a boy, and you're going to name him Isaac. I heard somebody tell somebody that. And the child was born, it was a girl. Well, that must have not been the Lord. <laughs> Had another man tell, tell me, the Lord has told me that Donald Trump is going to win the 2020 election. And he had scripture as to why. And then we see what happened. <laughs> I found out it's real safe just to let the Bible say what it says. And if you don't know, just be quiet <laughs> until you can figure out something. Well, who is the Antichrist? There's a lot we can speculate, but let's look at the Bible and see what we can learn from the Antichrist. Number one, we see his names. And in his names, we see a description of who he is and what he's about. First, or Second Thessalonians chapter two. Look at verse number three. The Bible says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there be a falling away. First, in that man of sin. That's the first name of the Antichrist that we'll talk about. There's, of course, there is that phrase, anti, or that word Antichrist. It literally means against God. He is completely and totally 100% against God. Not just, hey, I disagree with some things that Jesus said. He is completely and totally against the Lord. He's in direct opposition of the Lord. But the Bible said here in 2 Thessalonians that he is the man of sin. He is the man of sin. His entire makeup and desire is sinful. All he does is sin. There is no ounce of mercy in the Antichrist. There is no grace in the Antichrist. There is no love in the Antichrist. He is a man of sin. And, we're, and you can go read the book of Revelation. We're not, we're not going to go into detail all that he's going to do and all that he's going to say, but you won't read that and find anywhere. You say, well, preacher, he's going to bring peace to the earth through deception. He's not doing it because he, he really wants peace. He's doing it because he wants control. So the Bible said he's the man of sin, but he's also the son of perdition. It says right there in verse number three, to be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, there's an interesting study 
that some say, well, according to that, that, that the Antichrist may very well be Judas Iscariot. I'm not going to go into detail. You can study that for yourself. Tell me what you come up with. Let me know what you see. And I've heard men of God talk about it. But I wouldn't be comfortable standing out and say, well, that's obvious what is going on there. There's some interesting things. When you study that, you'll find out. And well, so preacher, why do they say that? Because Judas was also called the son of perdition. He held that title as well. That word perdition, perdition means utter destruction. He is a son of utter destruction. It's where he's going to lead this world to, is utter destruction. He's, he's going to be behind the scenes, and he's going to be in the forefront leading this world against God. And any time you go against God, mark it down, you're headed towards destruction. We see his names. He's the man of sin. He's the Antichrist. He's the son of perdition. Revelation chapter 13, verse number one, he's called the beast. Revelation chapter 13, verse number one. I didn't mark this one, but thankfully it's in Revelation. I know where that book of the Bible is. The Bible said, I stood up upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now, some will say that phrase, out of the sea, means that the Antichrist will be of Mediterranean descent or ethnicity. And, and no doubt, you know, it's interesting to think about, but I don't have proof for that. <laughs> I can't tell you. I don't know what his hair looks like. I don't know what his skin tone looks like. But the Bible said he will, he will rise up out of the sea. Now, here's an interesting thought. The sea in your Bible oftentimes is a picture of sin. It's a picture of division. And that which separates one thing from the other. We know what separates you and I from God. It is sin. And so he's a man. He's rising up out of sin. But I look at that word beast up and it means savage, brutal, ferocious. And that's exactly what he will be. He'll be so inhumane that he has to be called a beast. A beast or the beast. In essence, don't mess with Satan. You young people, listen to me. Don't go chasing after Satan. Why? He will rob you of your humanity. He will sear you. He will, he will, he will, he will sear your conscience and he will, he, will, he will work in your heart. That's why we say stay away from those things. It's not because we don't want you to have fun. We don't want you to lose your humanity. We don't want you to lose your innocence. We don't want you to lose that, that, that sanctity of life and that, 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 that fire that is inside of you. We don't want that to be lost to Satan. He said, preacher, it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's just one time. It's, it, it's not anything drastic or, or great, preacher. Can I say, God, Satan, doesn't, Satan doesn't show up in your life with flashing lights and, and big, big billboards saying, hey, I'm here. The Bible said he is so sneaky and crafty that you cannot give him a place in your life. A small place. But you gotta realize that the Antichrist is going to be empowered by Satan himself. And that's that Satan's going to take all of his power and put it into this man, the Antichrist, to control him and use him. Don't mess with Satan. He'll rob you of your humanity. He's called the beast. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, he's called the prince that shall come. In Daniel eleven thirty six, he's called the king that shall do according to his will. The Antichrist does not care about the will of God. He is not concerned what God's plan is. He has his own plan. The Antichrist will be a leader and he'll be a selfish one. All he cares about 
is himself. And coming against God and, and trying his best to ascend the throne and to take God off the throne, which is a losing effort. It will not be done. So we know his names, and through his names we can see his character. But also, not going to see this, just in his character, we can also see his work. What is he going to do? What will he have? The Bible says that the Antichrist will have unlimited power, not in the sense that God has unlimited power, but in the sense that when he arrives on the scene, everybody is going to give him his way. He is, nobody's going to check him. Nobody's going to give him a balance. Nobody's going to question him. Matter of fact, those first three and a half years, he's going to be the greatest thing that this world thinks they've ever seen. He's going to step on the scene and he is going to bring peace to places, peace to places that we have been striving to have peace in for centuries. Matter of fact, you go back and you read history, you find out all the great empires have strived to have world peace and they've all failed. Matter of fact, even America, we're striving to have world peace. There's a little building, well, it's not little, but there's a building in New York City called the United Nations and they are trying to bring the world together. Matter of fact, just here recently, again, they have proposed that the world go to a one world currency. <laughs> well, preacher, we're gonna vote against it. We're gonna stop it. You gotta understand the wheels of action and God's timing are gonna go in place. These things are going to happen. They're going to, they're going to take place. We can see it work. That's the, I don't wanna say the beauty, but that's the, the amazing thing of being a Bible believer who knows the word of God because what is everything else is just news to everybody. You can step back and say, I can see how things are working together. I can see where they're leading to. I can see how things are being brought together and things are being worked together in that sense. But we also know there's going to be a moment, a twinkling of an eye, where Christ is going to call us home. And these things are going to start to take place. But he's going to arrive on the scene. He's going to establish a one-world government, a one-world religion, a one-world everything, and he's going to be in charge of it. He's going to have a man and power that men like Hitler wished they had, that they were striving for, but they could not achieve. He's going to make communism look like a cakewalk. He's going to make socialism look like it was something small and insignificant. He is going to take charge and rule, and, 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 and not just rule and, and reign in that sense, but he is going to control with an iron fist. Don't take his mark, you're not going to eat. Don't do his, his ways, you'll be put to death. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. See, in America, we don't understand that because we have liberty, we have freedom, which I'm thankful for. But you go to some countries, I, I, would, I would encourage you, but you go to North Korea and you speak out against the Kim family. You won't do it very long. They're not gonna say, well, we're gonna give them some democratic immunity. They'll put you to death. Go to China and speak out against the government. You won't do it long. In that same spirit that we see in those things, that's why as preachers, we, we, we wonder why the preachers back in the 40s and the 50s preached so hard against communism. Because they knew where it was leaded to. They knew what it, what it was consisted of. But notice here tonight, he will, he will have absolute power when it comes to the things of this earth, in this world. 
He will oppose God completely and Christ completely. But notice here tonight that not just he's going to oppose God, but any form or any other God he's going to oppose because he sees himself as God. Antichrist isn't going to be just against Christianity. He's going to get, be against anything that will take away worship for him, from him because he wants complete and total control. His, and, and he's not just against true gods, but even the false gods. And his level of hatred towards God is something this world has just seen in spirit and just in small glimpses. Think about the greatest atheist of our day. And he is going to ramp up what they believe and what they think times 100. Completely and totally against God. The Bible said not only will be that, but he'll also be a man of war. I don't know, I don't know if you've caught this recently, but it seems like every, every other day there's a new conflict arising. There's a new, there's a new uh, dispute going on. We had Russia into Ukraine. We had Palestine into Israel. Now we've got North Korea saying they are getting ready for war. There's constantly civil wars taking place in Africa. There's constant battles going on, drug cartels fighting one another in South America. There is a constant battle going on, and the, the Antichrist is going to seize upon that. But in essence, he, he's going to conquer, he's going to take over, but he's going to take all of those different kingdoms and push them towards Israel. Why? Because Israel's God's people. And he hates God. And we're going to see, we're not going to see tonight, but this is going to take place on the very earth that you and I live on. This is, we're not talking fairy tales. We're not talking, well, it may or may not happen. Just as much as I know that I'm saved by the grace of God, just as much as I know that Jesus Christ rose again the third day, this is going to take place. That's why the gospel and the preaching of it is so essential. That's why we will not turn to entertainment. That's why we will not turn to a social club. That's why we will not start just coming in here, clapping our hands and having a wonderful time. We are going to stick with the gospel because it is the world's only hope. We see his characteristic in his work. We see his names tonight. He's going to be a man of war. He's going to be completely and totally against God. But may I remind you tonight, he's not going to win. He may, it may look like, but how many glad just because things look a certain way doesn't mean that's how they actually are. <laughs> oh, go find Joseph's brothers on the way back to daddy's house from Egypt. We look like thieves, but they weren't. And tonight, just because things seem like they're going bad or they're going downhill, you got to realize tonight, even when it looked like Christ was losing, he was winning. <laughs> Preacher, he died on the cross of Calvary and he won. <laughs> he paid our sin debt. If, if there was no shedding of blood, if there, was, there would be no remission of sins tonight. And so even as he cried, it is finished. It was not a cry of losing, but it was a cry of victory. We see here tonight, may I remind you, don't go home tonight if you're saved by the grace of God. Don't go home tonight and wrap yourself up in your blanket. I'm afraid of the Antichrist. You have nothing to be scared of. You have nothing to be fearful of. But can I encourage you tonight? I'm not trying to scare you into salvation, but time is of the essence. 
The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And maybe you're saying, I don't want to face that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to go through that. And maybe the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart saying, you don't have to. I have provided an escape for you. I have a gift of eternal life. I, I have a promise that if you'll trust me and by faith get saved by the grace of God, there's going to come a day that trumpet's going to sound and I'm going to call you up home. Oh, I'm glad tonight. Messages like this and sometimes even the uncertainty of them, I don't know about all that. It's kind of spooky. And no doubt when you read Revelation and you go through those things and you see those vials and those seals being opened and you see all that takes place, in my humanity, that is fearful. But I always go back to Revelation chapter number four. Come up hither and just rejoice that I'm coming up hither and I'm gonna miss all of that. And I want those that I love to miss it too. Because that's why the utmost importance that you and I share the gospel whether through word or through tracts, through letters, emails, text messages. Look at all the ways God's given us to share the gospel. Well, I hope we're taking advantage of it and using it for his glory. The Antichrist is coming. But I've got greater news for you. Christ is coming. <laughs> you can spend the next 35 years of your life trying to prove to me who the Antichrist is. I'll be interested. That's neat. But I ain't looking for him. I'm looking for my Savior. I'm looking for Jesus. Now, let's pray to Heavenly Father.